I think the flexibility and wellness and care, those benefits were a forced mechanism by COVID. But now that everybody understands what that does for them and what that does for their lives and their livelihoods, I don't think that Jeannie's going back in the bottle. I'm Patrick Pacheco, and you're listening to Season 2 of In Good Companies from Cadence Bank, the podcast where we guide you through the forces shaping your business inside and out. When it comes to talent acquisition, the game has changed. Employees are more willing to switch jobs, and companies are competing for talent like never before. Meanwhile, candidates have different needs than they used to. What's the new normal, and how do you keep up? Season 3 of In Good Companies is right around the corner. Until then, we're bringing you extras from some of our favorite conversations. An In Good Companies bonus, if you may. In this episode, you'll meet Jennifer McNorton, Senior Director of Talent Attraction at Indeed, one of the most popular job sites in the world. In her role, Jen oversees sourcing and recruiting for leadership positions. Her vantage point at Indeed gives her a unique view of hiring trends across the economy, what employees are looking for, and how companies are separating themselves from the competition. We've got more coming from Jen soon, but we loved our conversation with her so much, we couldn't wait to share it with you. Here's a glimpse. Get ready for more of Jen in season three. Thank you, Patrick, for having me. My name is Jennifer McNorton. Please call me Jen. And I am the Senior Director of Talent Attraction at Indeed. So when we say talent acquisition or talent sourcing, what are we talking about, really? Yeah, so talent acquisition, and we at Indeed, we call it talent attraction, so there's no one name for this, is multiple things. It is the team, the strategy, the process for hiring. And it encompasses everything from employer branding to advertising jobs to sourcing, recruiting, interviewing, basically everything you need to do all the way up to making a hire. So, you know, we've heard about the great resignation and the labor market's been fairly tight. What kind of big picture trends are you seeing from the vantage point of talent attraction? It's a really good and big question that's asked quite a bit right now. And, and I think employers are really fighting three key battles when it comes to hiring right now. There's the battle to attract talent, the battle to retain that talent, and then the battle to fairly and competitively pay talent, which ties back to how you attract them and, and retain them, right? Any organization has to follow these sort of three key best practices, basically listening to employees and understanding their needs, empowering your managers to manage properly, and staying competitive in the marketplace. So those within the battle to retrain, attack, retain, and be competitive are the three kind of key areas to be focused on. And those are, again, listening to employees, empowering managers, and staying competitive in the marketplace. What is it about the marketplace today that, that brought those three things to the head? What trend got us to here? Was, did COVID have anything to do with this? Yeah, you know, when we think about the last couple of years and how job seekers and employers have were forced to change how we do our work, right? One day, everybody just worked from home and, and that changed everything. And now that's what really has changed what is important to job seekers and what they're looking for out of an employer. And so the competitive landscape has changed pretty dramatically with employees and job seekers focused on, first and foremost, flexibility 
as one of the key things they're looking for in their employer. And that's really born of the last couple of years and how we were forced to work. When it comes to recruitment, Genestine, many companies make the same mistake. Yeah, I think, I think one of the most, or one of the biggest misconceptions is that talent attraction only matters if you need to hire for an opening that you have today. Whereas when I look at talent attraction, I don't think it should be a one and done philosophy. Rather, it should be sort of an ongoing proactive process that scales and evolves with the growth of your company. So I think that's the misconception is that talent attraction is just like the act of recruiting for one role when really it's more of an overriding strategy that companies put in place in order to attract talent to their organizations. So why is talent attraction so important for an organization? Well, I think having a process and or strategy around talent attraction is important because it is the thing that brings job seekers to your company to apply for jobs, right? So in the absence of a talent attraction strategy, you're basically sort of just putting, you know, ads out there for openings and hoping for the best. Whereas if you have a really strong talent attraction strategy, you're proactively advertising your company as a great place to work. And oh, by the way, when you have an opening, now job seekers are sort of used to seeing your name out there and will be more likely to apply for those jobs. It's sort of a philosophy of wanting to be a company that people want to work for and at, whether it's a big company or a small or mid-sized business, right? You want to be an attractive employer, whether or not you have an opening. Because when you do have that opening, you again want to be viewed by the job-seeking public as an employer of choice. So if everybody's trying to differentiate and be more attractive, how do you differentiate? Yeah, it's a good question and it's hard. I think the answer for me on that is that companies need to proactively differentiate themselves. And I'm saying companies, but again, this applies to small, mid-sized businesses, retail companies, things like that, where if you look at a company that maybe nobody's heard of before is advertising for a bookkeeper, for example, right? If I've not heard of that company before, I may not be apt to apply because I don't know anything about them. But if you look on, you know, companies like Indeed, where there's reviews, Glassdoor has company reviews, Google has reviews of companies. I think the more a company can put their employer brand forward proactively, the more they're going to have the opportunity to differentiate themselves, right? So if I'm proactively advertising the fact that Indeed has you days, for example, we get one day a month that the company is closed. We're all off one day a month. And it was born out of COVID. Everybody was home working in their little Zoom box all the time and nobody was taking any time off. And, and the company recognized that self-care and a break isn't reasonable if you're the only one taking off because then your phone's pinging and you're getting emails and the things are still happening. But if everybody's off, then everybody can have a minute to breathe and have some time to, to decompress from the week, et cetera. So we actually proactively advertise that our U days are one of our perks. Now, we don't only advertise that when we are recruiting for an open role, we advertise that all the time. So that really 
even if I was just not looking for a job and I was just kind of perusing some some job sites and I saw that it could be a thing that would bring me to to apply for the job. So again, I think the proactive employer branding efforts that companies can put forward can really help to separate them from the pack when the competition is is getting thick. Even a little tweak, like what you include in your job description, will communicate your company's values. A few years ago, Indeed made a policy and commitment, I should say, but rather than a policy, to have full salary transparency, both internally and externally. And so what that means is that anytime we have a job opening at Indeed and we post our job, we also post the salary range. So not only is it great for companies who are trying to figure out, like, is this a competitive salary range for me to be offering, but for job seekers back to differentiating yourself, right? If if there is a salary posted on a role, job seekers are going to be more likely to apply to that role. So for small and, and medium-sized businesses, where maybe they don't have quite the same resources to compete on compensation. What can they do to, to still attract, you know, good candidates? I'm going to point back to what I was saying earlier around differentiating yourself. There are low or no cost ways of differentiating yourself and providing perks and or benefits for employees that can make up for some of the base salary maybe discrepancies if they're not able to, right? So again, I would I would encourage people to do research at places like Indeed and Glassdoor and Google reviews and see what em- the current employees are saying about their employer. But thinking about wellness benefits, thinking about Indeed's U-Day, that's not a costly benefit. Back to the flexibility being at the forefront of the marketplace, if you allow an employee to have flexible hours or flexible days, that can very much make up for some of the compensation differential. You know, if you put it on a scale, depending on the candidate, it may overshadow the compensation differential to have the flexibility for like a mom to be able to leave and go pick up her kids from school instead of having to rely on, you know, them walking home or something like that. That's a, it's a big deal. And for small and mid-sized businesses, it's something that they control that is low or no cost for them. At Indeed, we have three different options for employees. They can choose to be fully remote. They can choose to work in a hybrid capacity where you're in office a couple of days a week and, and working from home the other days or fully in office. And that flexibility is one of the really attractive components to working at Indeed, but that's how employers can help to speak to the competitive marketplace that is out there right now is really kind of catering to the flexibility that employees are really looking for. Potential employees have a lot of options, perks they can choose from. What is it beyond flexibility that has also kind of risen to the top? It depends on the job seeker, right, on what's the most important thing. So taking flexibility as the one on top. But then there's also the wellness benefits is is something that's really risen to the top, right? I think when you think about traditional ways that employers have compensated their employees, it's traditionally salary and healthcare benefits, right? But one of the things that's coming forward is really wellness benefits. So mental health benefits, physical health in a natural way, natural care benefits, child care and maternity and paternity leaves, things like that. Those types of perks and benefits are really critical to differentiating one employer from another. And the more of those 
benefits that a company can offer, the more attractive they might be to a job seeker. Are you seeing any uh, potential employees looking for things in the area of financial wellness, advice from companies? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. We actually have uh, at Indeed, there's a host of wellness options. And one of those is a financial wellness consultant that's available for us to speak to, right? And so allowing employees not only to earn a competitive wage, but also educating them on how to best manage their finances, whether it's, you know, flexible spending accounts for medical care or how to invest in their 401k plans and things of that nature. I think having access to those types of benefits is is critical for employees as well so that they are managing their finances properly. Yeah, that always that always struck me because we talk about kids not having any idea. You know, they just put a, a card in a machine that spits out money. They have no idea about finances. <laughs> so how right. did they magically, now they have a job, how do they magically now know about finances? I mean, they never really learned anything along the way. And I think that would be something that the companies could really, you know, benefit employees, make them just more comfortable day by day. Because people are always stressed and have financial issues. I agree. And it's and it's a it's a differentiating benefit too for an employer, right? I was talking earlier about how employers want to be attractive to prospective applicants. And the more you can kind of be forward thinking in how you can assist your employees at any stage in their careers, right, the more attractive you're just going to be. No matter what benefits you offer, it's important to examine your talent acquisition strategy. Because according to Jen, these trends are here to stay. I feel like the ship has sailed, and now it is the expectation of job seekers and employees that there will be flexibility. Now, there are certainly companies that have rolled it all the way back and said, like, oh, no, we're, you know, nine to five in the office Monday through Friday. But I think those companies, when we go back to that sort of battle for talent, are having to battle a lot harder. I don't think that Jeannie's going back in the bottle. I think that <laughs> flexibility, I think the flexibility and wellness and care, those benefits were a forced mechanism by COVID. But now that everybody understands what that does for them and what that does for their lives and their livelihoods, it's now a, just a full-blown expectation. That is the norm now. The workforce has evolved. To get the best talent, your strategy has to evolve as well. So be proactive. Develop your employer brand so that when you need to hire, candidates know who you are. Observe the landscape. You can't beat the competition if you don't know what they're selling. And be creative in what you offer. It's not always about compensation. Thanks to Jennifer McNorton of Indeed for speaking with us today. If you'd like to hear more from Jen, you're in luck. We've got a full-length episode of Insights coming your way in Season 3. Don't touch that dial. Check back next week for another episode of In Good Companies. It in Good Companies is a podcast from Cadence Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Sheena Cochran is our production coordinator. Our executive producer is Danielle Cornell, with writing and production from Andrew Gannam and sound design and mixing by Ben Cranell at Lower Street Media. I'm your host, Patrick Pacheco. If you made it this far, why don't you go rate and review us in your podcast app? It's the best way to grow the show so we can reach even more listeners. And while you're there, subscribe. We'd love to have you because when you're with us, We're in good companies. This podcast is provided as a free service to you and is for general informational purposes only. 
Cadence Bank and its affiliates make no representation or warranties as to the accuracy, completeness, or timeliness of the content in the podcast. The podcast is not intended to provide legal, accounting, or tax advice and should not be relied upon for such purposes. The views and opinions expressed by the host and guests in this podcast are solely their own current opinions regarding the subject matters discussed in the podcast and are based on their own perspectives. Such views, perspectives, and opinions do not reflect those of Cadence Bank or any of its affiliates or the companies in which any guest is or may be affiliated. The production and presentation of this podcast by Cadence Bank does not imply the expression of any opinion on part of Cadence Bank or any of its affiliates.